is the waiver wire is plentiful. The waiver wire giveth and the waiver wire taketh away. Right here. What's up, Whisper Nation? It's your week one waiver show with the Fantasy Whispers. I am your host, Big Travi. And you can find me on Twitter at Big Travi TFW. I am joined today by Johnny Game Time Hicks, who you can find on Twitter at Johnny underscore Game Time. We are the Fantasy Whispers. We're going to give you some week one waiver breakdown. Johnny, how are we doing today, brother? Dude, I'm, I am very excited to week one is now in the books. We need to move on to week two. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that <laughs> happened. And so, yeah, let's turn the page. Let's get the waiver wire right so we can uh, start this off well because you can definitely bolster your team. Even if you have a dominant team, this is how you make your dominant team elite. And if you don't have a, a very good team, this is how you fix that. So uh, waiver wires, especially in the beginning of the season, very, very important. And uh, so we're going to give you six guys, right, Travis? Six guys yeah. that you're going to want to pick up. Our top six that you're going to want to definitely pick up here. Or at I'm least just look at. Split it. At least look yeah, at. I'm gonna, you know? We're going to give you six names to look at here. Um, and I think this is going to be a good one for you. We'll start with running backs, Johnny. I think it's important that we put running backs first. This is usually the priority in your waiver wires, depending on the leagues you play in, depending on your roster construction. So I do just want to say that caveat. If you have great running back depth, you don't need to drop that depth to go pick up the hot waiver wire guy. You should be looking at other positions you could bolster here because the waiver wire is plentiful. The waiver wire giveth and the waiver wire taketh away. This and today, this week, I'm excited to talk about the waiver wire, especially because much to our chagrin here, especially mine, having James Conner as my bromance this year, he did get his ankle rolled up on in a way that uh, kept him out of the game uh, for the rest of the game and let Benny Snell run wild a bit. Uh, Benny Snell running 19 times for 113 yards. That's 5.6 yards per clip, uh, yards per uh, carry, Johnny. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting that James Conner suffered a sprain ankle and will be examined today as we... and. Uh, but the team is pretty optimistic. I think uh, Mike Tomlin says they'll keep the green light on. The reason Snell tops my list, though, is because of the injury history of James Conner. And we can't really trust that James Conner is going to come back, come back fully healthy. Um, and if Snell continues to run at five yards per carry, uh, Tomlin's not really going to have a choice here. He's going to have to keep Snell in. And I'll be honest, Conner didn't look good at the start, even when he before he was hurt. He did not look as, I would should say, as clear uh, or as, as as effective as Benny Snell. Now, the line did get better throughout the game, but still, uh, that, that was a concern for me. Oh, it definitely, and the nice thing is, uh, you know, you and I have had our, our vast debates on the show, but you nailed this one. Uh, Benny Snell has looked great. He is uh, definitely not the player that we saw last year, and uh, he looked great last night. You saw that Mike Tomlin uh, was riding him. I mean, he fumbled, and he still came back in the game. That's great confidence uh, in him. Yeah, well, luckily for him, the fumble was recovered by the Steelers. I mean, I feel like if it had it not been, like you could have seen something else happen there. Maybe Jalen Samuels gets run because right. uh, we saw him on a couple snaps. And Yeah, yeah I would so. agree. I think I think Snell's the, the safer option here. Uh, out of the next guy I'm going to talk to you, Johnny, and that's Malcolm Brown. So talk to me a little bit about Malcolm Brown. Right now rostered in 27% of Yahoo leagues. McVay told us all summer uh, he's going to ride the hot hand here even after they drafted Cam Akers. And so like I, like I was saying, I think that Malcolm Brown went to number two for me personally in my article, which you can find at thefantasywhispers.com, because of the fact that I think Akers is still there and healthy and on the roster. 
So uh, before we, uh, I do want to touch real quick, Travis, on um, just one other thing with Benny Snell on giving the listeners maybe an idea of who you would drop for uh, uh, Benny Snell. So just to give you, I'm going to list off a couple names. Tell me, would you drop uh, that person for Benny Snell? Philip Lindsay. Uh, yes, with the ankle or with the turf toe that can linger. Yeah, I'd be I'd be willing to get up. Okay, give up Philip Lindsay. Matt Burita. Yes. Okay. Matt Burita played behind Miles Gaskin in that game one. I'm very concerned about Matt Burita. Um, what about? Uh, we got on. asked a lot about Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen. Tariq or Cohen's Cohen's another Johnson. guy. I'd drop. I would drop Carryon Johnson as well. Okay. Carryon Johnson played the least amount of snaps between AP and DeAndre Swift, so I'm I'm good with cutting ties on Carryon too. Okay. So let's we'll uh we'll go up the other side here and just to give listeners just where on the upside. So uh, Antonio Gibson, you're not going to cut for. Uh, oh no, no uh, way. Snell. Nope. Um, obviously, yeah, you wouldn't do Zach Moss. Ronald Jones. How about Ronald Jones or Alexander Madison? I'm. I am not cutting Jones. I would look at cutting Madison potentially if you weren't the Cook owner, uh, GM maybe. Okay. But other than that, like uh, I, I think, yeah, that would be my cutoff there. All right, perfect. So now we can uh, – sorry, I just want to give the listeners just a little taste of that no, that's where perfect. we're at. That's perfect. Uh, and then – So, so now- Malcolm Brown was my next guy. And, and that's – if you look at my article, it's on the fantasywhispers.com, week one waiver. Um, I tried to rank them by position and then rank – that position by the guys I would prioritize. And the second on this list is Malcolm Brown. I think Benny Snell has more season-long upside than Malcolm Brown, and that's because of, like I said, I think Cam Akers being on the roster is going to be an issue for Malcolm Brown sooner rather than later. But it's not going to happen this week. It probably won't happen in the next couple weeks because Malcolm Brown, Johnny, looked good. 4.4 yards per carry, two touchdowns, all the red zone work here. I mean, all the goal line work. Uh, for this team, he had a monopoly on the red zone and goal line work for this team. Um, I believe Henderson got in one catch, um, but he also had a couple catches here. Malcolm Brown, three for 31 yards. So you like what Malcolm Brown did on the field, um, and you think that he is technically the hot hand now. And so this offense looked good, Johnny. It looked efficient. And if you can get the lead back that's you know for it, I think it's profitable. It it definitely didn't seem as if they skipped a beat uh, with not having Gurley with Malcolm Brown. Now, here's what will be interesting, Travis, and, and something I do want to point out and ask you what your thoughts are. And I love the fact that you have Malcolm Brown as number two and not number one. Uh, and I even think he could potentially be number three on this list because last year we kind of same this saw the same kind of rodeo, right? Malcolm Brown, week one, comes out, has two touchdowns. You know, there was questions about Todd Gurley's usage in the beginning of last season. And then Malcolm Brown comes out, ha- takes the vulture, uh, is the vulture touchdown. Everyone rushes to the waiver wire, spends a lot of wob on him, uh, blows their wob, and he just was basically a, a bench waste spot uh, uh, for your roster last year. So my question to you is, do you feel like this year will be very similar to that? Um, is that a concern you have at all? I- I tend to think that I don't want to go out and spend a lot of of wob on Malcolm Brown uh, because of the fact that Cam Akers is still there. Uh, Daryl Henderson is still coming back from an injury, uh, and so he's not fully uh, 100%. So I'm still a little bit undersold on the the exact value Malcolm Brown is going to have. 
Uh, but certainly if you are in a, a running back bind right now and need an, a running back and he's the best available, I would definitely, you know, get him on your yeah, roster. I think, I think that's the point, right? Like, that's why Brown is my number two. He slid in behind a guy like uh, Benny Snell, because I do think that Snell has an opportunity to actually take over. I know that Tomlin's talking about Snell, you know, holding the seat for James Conner, but let's not be like, let's not be naive here to think that, you know, if Snell produces, he couldn't take the job right from Connor because I think that's possible. With Malcolm Brown, I think Malcolm Brown's playing on borrowed time. Whether it's Daryl Henderson or the newly drafted Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown will fade out. He's a journeyman. He does his job, but he's not. he doesn't have juice. He doesn't have the flash that these two guys have if they get going. And so I think that's why Brown slots in at number two for me. Uh, rostered in 27% of, of Yahoo Leagues. Uh, I just think you've got to take a shot at him because having the goal line back for that offense, until we see Cam Akers maybe take over any goal line work, Malcolm Brown's going to have good value. All right. Uh, let me ask you a couple of guys if you would drop them for uh, Malcolm Brown. Debo Samuel. If you don't have an uh, see, IR this, spot. This depends, this depends on roster construction and that IR spot. Um, if I'm in need of running backs, yeah, I would drop Debo Samuel for, for Malcolm Brown. Um, it's just the, the RB thirst gets to be so real in the, in the, uh, in the regular season. Okay. Um, what about, what about Julian Edelman? No, actually, I would not. I like Edelman. Uh, every time I looked up at the screen, Edelman was getting uh, was getting balls caught uh, by from uh, from Cam Newton. So I actually think that Edelman's going to have good value this year going forward. All right, and I'll give you uh, one more. Well, two guys that are going in the same area. We're going in the same area of drafts. Jarvis Landry and uh, Tyler Boyd. Would you cut either one of those guys for Malcolm Brown? I think it's. I think it's still early on both of those guys. I am concerned about Tyler Boyd. You could throw Christian Kirk say, in there as well. Yeah, I would be more inclined to go with cutting Christian Kirk for Malcolm Brown. Um, I do believe that this offense is kind of poised to be the Hopkins and Drake show. Um, we saw that in week one, and it could be the same going forward. But uh, it's still week one. It's still early. So I understand wanting to, to hang on to those. But if you need running back, man, Malcolm yeah. Brown is going to probably have two to three good weeks for you. Uh, so I could understand that I would hang tight on Boyd and I would, uh, I would consider Jarvis Landry a drop, but not just yet. I want to see some more. He's remember he's working back from that injury. So his snaps are going to increase most likely. All right, Travis, I want to talk about, uh, your number three option on your waiver wire article here, uh, which I would probably put at number two, or maybe even like a one, a depending on this James Conner news. And that is running back, scat back, Naheem Hines, who we did talk up this offseason and talk about the usage of, you know, Philip uh, Rivers running backs. You have Naheem Hines coming in here at waiver wire pick number three at the running back position. You want to talk a little bit about this? Uh, yeah, so the like reason. So much? Yeah, of course. Uh, look, I like Hines a lot. And had this been a PPR focused waiver wire article, Hines would be at the top of my list. So if you're playing in PPR, Hines needs to be prioritized here. Absolutely. I mean, eight catches on eight targets. That's a team high eight catches, by the way. So t it was targeted the most from anybody on the team. Hines saw upwards of 65% of red zone usage. So that's from the 20 inwards goal line and everything. He got that he scored two touchdowns. Um, we have no reason to think this will not continue, and even more so with the Mac injury. Um, his usage should still remain through the roof. Now, I will say this. 
jo- Jonathan Taylor was actually more effective through the air than Naheem Hines. He had Crazy two on. big monster, yeah, two big monster screens that were just really juicy to watch. I remember me and Johnny watched the games last weekend together, stood up when Jonathan Taylor got the ball on that screen, and we were like jacked, um, but uh, just missed that score. Um, but either way, what I'm getting at here is we've seen like Philip Rivers, I believe in his career has targeted running backs 30% of the time. So that right there in his career means that he does this. I remember a couple of years ago, we all were crying, uh, because Danny Woodhead kept taking running backs off the field in, in, in San Diego and Danny Woodhead became this guy. And good and I ones. Think this, and good ones. Yes. It was, it was Melvin Gordon. It, yep. you know, it was, it was good. Yeah. So backs. we're talking about him taking these players off the field because he trusts them in the red zone. And so Naheem Hines, not only a converted wide receiver and really good um, out of the backfield, but this guy is a guy that the the coaching staff trusts and now Philip Rivers trusts. And so I think you're going to see really nice usage from him, and it could remain in the red zone. Now, this doesn't mean Jonathan Taylor's season isn't here. This team is going to be a run-heavy team. It's going to do what it's going to do, and you're going to get Jonathan Taylor mixed more in in the red zone. But usage for Naheem Hines is going nowhere, but maybe up in the same from this game one. All right, Travis, let's switch on over. We gave you three running backs. Let's go to the wide receiver side over here. Oh, well, sorry. One more before we move on that. Would you who would you cut uh, for kind of same guys? Everyone that probably for for Naheem. So that Ronald Jones or Naheem Hines, which one would you rather have? Uh, this one's tough. I guess it's your play style, right? Because Ronald Jones, you have to think, is playing on borrowed time with Leonard Fournette behind him. But I will tell you right now, Jones did nothing in week one to say, give me more Leonard Fournette. Jones looked good. So I would lean to keep uh, Jones for at least one more week, but it's close. Would you do uh, David Montgomery or Naheem Hines? I'm keeping David Montgomery similar to the situation uh, with Jones. I know his core. I know his. Uh, his coach can get cute in the red zone with, with Dave Montgomery and Matt Nagy, but Dave Montgomery's going to have better days. I think they might have been easing him in snap-wise, too. I mean, he's still got the bulk of the carries. There, uh, just to name a couple of other running backs that you listed here, Joshua Kelly, Adrian Peterson, Corey Clement. Uh, there's much, much more, again, over on our website, thefantasywhispers.com. We'll also have a link in the description below. If you Josh Adams. The whole Josh Adams yeah. is a sneaky is a one, sneaky, but you got to read that one. one there. You got to read it by going over to the the website. All right, Travis, let's jump on over to wide receivers here. Um, You got a big juicy one here. BMW as the number one waiver wire pickup for the wide receiver spot. Want to break it down? Yeah, this is a guy, Johnny, that was said to have missed the whole month of September, possibly. Came in and then played 70. Wake me up. When <laughs> yeah. September ends. Yeah, fantasy GMs were, were blasting their uh, green day there to uh, try and figure out when they could start Mike Williams again. And then it switched uh, quickly to Drake, and it was like, hold up. And then it was just uh, like balling, dude. I no, yeah, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, so the reports were he was going to miss the whole month of September. Then it was like Saturday. It's like Mike Williams trending in the right direction. Which I believe Saturday he was reported to be out. Yeah. And then Sunday – Sunday, he was likely to play. And then, Johnny, get this, he played 78% of the team's snaps on Sunday. And he looked nice. I mean, so nice, he got 69 yards. Ooh, that's that nice. nice. He caught eight of nine targets. And I think this is just what we had kind of been talking about all offseason, Johnny, that 
this is the concern about Keenan Allen because Tyrod Taylor has a deep average depth of target. He wants to push the ball down the field, um, and that's what he did to Mike Williams. Mike Williams not only looked healthy, he looked good. He looked like BMW. So if he's still available in your league, you need to snatch him up right away because this is a guy whose upside is really through the roof. He could literally be the number one for this team under the new quarterback that plays for the Chargers, and they've got a matchup against Kansas City this week that you're just going to want to put Mike Williams in uh, as long as he stays healthy. He's going to be good. There is injury risk, more heightened injury risk with Mike Williams, but there is way more season-long upside than pretty much anybody on the list that I have today. All right. Would you drop Christian Kirk uh, for BMW? Yes. What yes. about uh, what, those, you know, what about Marvin Jones? <sighs> that one gives me a little bit of pause. I would probably still go Jones just because of the injury to Kenny Galladay. We don't know how long that's going to last. So I would stay Jones, but it's barely there. It's barely All right. there. Um, Tyler Boyd uh, or... Uh, I, th I think you could cut ties with Mike Williams uh, for Tyler Boyd, yeah. Or I think you could cut ties with Tyler Boyd for Mike Williams, Mike yeah. Williams. Okay. And I, I think that's probably, I don't know, like, I wouldn't be cutting, what about, okay, Michael Gallup or BMW? No, no way. Okay, no way. High, Gallup, Gallup to me, yeah, Gallup to me has huge Diggs. upside. Diggs or Boyd. Uh, that, one's, that one's interesting. Uh, I don't know if but I'd go that I, far. I, I don't was, know if I'd go that far. That one that one perks you up, though, a little it bit. Does. That one it does. It's like, Okay. All right, moving on to the second wide receiver here, uh, another Indianapolis Colt, Travis. Uh, we got a uh, second-year wide receiver, Paris Campbell, who looked to be not only building a very nice rapport during training camp, but that really translated on Sunday, Travis, where Paris Campbell got the bulk of the uh, targets from Phillip Rivers. Yeah, so the thing is, is Phillip Rivers did a great job of spreading the ball around. I mean, we had four different Colts get six or more targets, and you also have to ta talk about the narrative of – uh, T.Y. Hilton on real grass. That's a thing. His splits are not as great. But I will tell you right now, Paris Campbell, not T.Y. Hilton, actually projects to be the better wide receiver for a guy like Phillip Rivers, who spent a, the back half of his career targeting a guy like Keenan Allen. If there's anybody on this roster to fill the Keenan Allen shoes for Phillip Rivers, to me, it's Paris Campbell. We know that he was supposed to be somebody last year coming out of Ohio State, but he just did not get there, right? He he could not get there. He could not stay healthy. There were a lot of things going on. Jacoby Brissett, obviously, was a big part of that, too. But this is what happens with wide receivers. Second-year breakout sometimes, second-year uncovering. And I think, especially in a PPR league, Paris Campbell is going to do some work this year in that offense. Johnny, they didn't punt at all on Sunday. The only reason they gave the ball to the Jaguars on was on two interceptions from Phillip Rivers. So this offense was pretty much humming between the backs catching balls and Paris Campbell. And uh, I really like what I saw out of the Colts. So I'd be investing in Paris Campbell. Love that one. All right, Travis, let's talk about uh, Paris Campbell. Where would you kind of same wide receiver group uh, you would be? Yeah, I don't think he has the upside as Mike Williams. And so when you're sitting there talking about, you know, a Tyler Boyd or a Christian Kirk, uh, you might have pause. But I think over Christian Kirk, yes. And then maybe Tyler Boyd, because there's still hope that Tyler Boyd ends up being the PPR guy you want. Um, and he, we've seen him do it over a season long. We haven't seen Paris do it yet. So that's kind of where the push is. But I don't mind if you have a preference to go with the Colts offense over the Bengals offense. 
All right, we got one more wide receiver for you in this episode. Uh, that is wide receiver who had a, a big game, and we've seen this before. We've seen mega games. We've seen the upside before, but he never quite seems to live up to that. But now he's back with his original coach from college, and things are looking good through week one. We're talking about wide receiver newly to uh, Carolina, Robbie Anderson, uh, Travis, who really looked good, not only with Bridgewater, but in this offense, broke a really long touchdown catch late in the game that really put his uh, fantasy day over the edge. Not sure how many people started him, but uh, and we see that uh, his ownership uh, or his uh, um, roster ability, roster percentage. Yeah, yeah, his roster percentage on Yahoo is at 31%. So Travis, tell Whisper Nation why they need to go out and and grab Robbie Anderson off the waiver wire. Yeah, well, just think about the logic that we used when we were projecting the pa Carolina Panthers this offseason. We said, look, the defense is lacking talent. Uh, this team is going to have to throw a lot. We believe that. It'll start, obviously, with Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore will obviously get his, or we, we, we suspect he should get his. But we're looking at a situation where Robbie Anderson got eight targets, Johnny, and exploded for six catches and 115 yards and a touchdown eight targets for a guy like Robbie Anderson, if he's fully healthy and getting seven to nine targets a game, that's dangerous because that's like Deshaun Jackson, uh, Marquise Brown, Jalen Rager upside because of the big playability in Robbie Anderson, one of the fastest NFL players there are. And if this team is going to continue to be down in games and need to throw, Robbie Anderson, honestly, has a lot more upside in my mind than Paris Campbell. But Paris Campbell's floor is a little bit higher for me because of the volatility we've seen in Anderson's career. But similar to what we said about Will Fuller, if the targets get there, then you're really excited about Robbie Anderson. And I see no reason why the Panthers wouldn't continue to try and use Robbie Anderson on offense, given that they're going to need to be uh, scoring to keep up in games. So just uh, a couple of questions here for uh, who you would drop for him. Would you drop uh, Daryl Williams for uh, Robbie? Uh, yes, I saw I saw enough out of CEH to, to believe that Daryl Williams is, is at, at very best just the change of pace. Um, would you drop Daryl Henderson if you have him? Yes, for Robbie Anderson, yeah, I would. Okay, and the last one we'll hear, we'll see, we saw a little bit of work here, but Latavius Murray, would you drop Latavius Murray for Robbie Anderson? Actually, no. I like what I saw out of Latavius Murray. He got, uh, I think, about 15 carries, led the team in carries. You know, last year we wanted Latavius Murray to be the Mark Ingram role, and it really didn't happen. Then when AK went down, he did well, but he needed AK to go down to do so. I think actually Latavius Murray is going to have more of a Mark Ingram role this year because of what happened with AK and injuries last year. I think Sean Payton's going to want to use them both. Um, and we saw the play style for the Saints. If they go conservative and run heavy, Murray's going to have some good value this year. All right. And then uh, we will end this show, Travis, with just a couple. Of, we were going to only give you six, but we'll give you just uh, we'll give you one couple quarterback. bonus. Yeah, a couple bonus. We'll do one quarterback, one tight end. Uh, that you're thinking that uh, people should go and grab off of the waivers. Yeah, so uh, I'll start with tight end. Logan Thomas of the Washington football team, only rostered in 2% of Yahoo leagues. He's a late bloomer uh, as far as uh, off-season darling. People at the end of the off-season were starting to say, oh, Logan Thomas, Logan Thomas. 
Um, I think he didn't do much in week one, obviously, but he did lead the team in targets with eight, and that is what you want to see out of a tight end, being a focal point of the offense. Similar to the Panthers, this team is going to need to throw a ton. Uh, they are just not a very good team, so they will have a lot of volume, and I think Logan Thomas is a guy to keep an eye on, especially if you're a Blake Jarwin uh, GM who just lost Blake Jarwin, and that's all you invested in. You definitely might want to go out and take a look at Logan Thomas. Uh Definitely, uh, the Washington uh, football team has Arizona Cardinals on their uh, ro- or on their schedule next. Uh, they did a good job in bottling up Kittle last week, so we'll see how that goes for Thomas. But I love the Logan Thomas pickup because there's basically nobody else besides you know Scary Terry there. All right, quarterbacks. Uh, you know we've been touting this guy. We said this guy had a really good opportunity uh, to really shine, and even Bud Light said they'd offer you a free year subscription possibly if they ever were to win your whole entire fantasy league if you draft him in the first unbelievable uh but Gardner Minshew though came out on fire this weekend Travis and kind of made you raise your eyebrow and say hey maybe I should have taken Bud Light up on that offer uh (laughs) but you're saying go pick him up off of waivers. Let Whisper Nation know yeah, why ab- you're so confident. Absolutely, man. He is the jo- the jean short-wearing, mustache-rocking, headband-sporting Jacksonville phenomenon, and that is Gardner Minshew. Only had one incompletion, Johnny, 19 of 20, only 173 yards but and three touchdowns, but I tweeted this out when I tweeted the article out. I think that's his floor, Johnny. I mean, I don't think three touchdowns a game is probably his floor, but it's close to it with the way this offense is going to have to pass. You saw Keelan Cole, you saw LaVisca Chenault step up in this offense and be the weapons he could use. I really like Minshew, and check this out, Johnny. Bengals, Texans, Dolphins, three of his next four matchups. You really got to like that. I like Gardner Minshew, locked and loaded. And remember, this is a guy who runs. He does scramble. Uh, he's got sneaky rushing upside. People don't realize that, but he does. And so Gardner Minshew looking good as a streamable option this week and, and maybe going forward. Love that pick, and I hope he continues it. All right, if you guys want to see even more breakdowns of even more waiver wire guys or get a couple of other quarterbacks or tight ends, make sure you head on over to thefantasywhispers.com and check out that entire article. It is great. It will be up every single week on Tuesday. And subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Hit that button, hit that bell, so you get notified anytime we drop new content like the waiver wire show on Tuesdays. All right, until next time, that is Big Travi. I'm Johnny Gametime Hicks, and we're the Fantasy Whispers, and we're out of here. Good luck this week, guys. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.